0: Coming up, what actually is a brand voice? Can anyone create one? And what has it got to do with periods? All this with my interview with brand voice specialist, Bethany Joy.
1: This is Marketed Not Live, the show that dives deeper into the ideas, philosophies, and strategies of the best marketing minds. Here's your host, Biz Paul
0: welcome back to marketed not live the official podcast of the marketed family of events that of course as you know by now surely includes our live event next year in september 2021 and marketed light which is our online marketing education platform i'm your host Paul, and together we are going to navigate the ever-changing world of marketing just by talking and having a nice chat uh, to some fantastic people. Um, I like to think that this show is at least an attempt to be intellectual, but I guess you will be the judge of that. Now, how are you listening to this? Through Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, maybe Spotify? Perhaps you're listening on the Marketed Live website well if you are on the website you'll be using the captivate player a wonderful little player that embeds super easily on any website and contains clickable links and calls to action aplenty for your listener go and try it now go on go to our website click on the links link and you'll see how easy it is or maybe you can just share it with your friends it's terrific functionality as is the whole damn platform go and have a look at captivate.fm sign up there from as little as 17 pounds per month So today we're talking about brand voice. What is brand voice? It's one of those terms where as marketers, we probably think we understand what brand voice is. And uh, maybe that is the right answer. Maybe maybe it's not. We're going to find out in a minute when we talk to Beth, uh, Bethany Joy, who is a brand voice expert. Um, but not every marketer really understands how to use brand voice. I think certainly it's quite clear from, from my questions to, to Beth that, that I've got some way to go. We sometimes think that it's, I guess, just the, the tone maybe of, uh, of what it is on your brand. Um, but maybe that's been decided by... team of people in a meeting internally within an organization or maybe if you're working for an agency or you're a freelancer maybe you have that conversation with your clients and you ask them lots of questions about uh who they are and who their target audience is and then you make some assumptions about what that brand voice should be a bit like we do with logos and colors and things like that do we ask the audience i don't know maybe we should maybe we should ask the audience more Maybe we should do some research in terms of finding out what they like and what they don't like. And we do talk about that a little bit in the interview. But um, I appreciate we can't all afford consultants to come in and, and do brand work or brand voice with us. Uh, so maybe we need to work this out for ourselves. And maybe we do need to get out of that insular view of what our company thinks it is. Maybe we're a bit too too close. So I'm quite interested to know what you think Brand Voice is, what work you've done with Brand Voice, what's your experience, have you found it successful, is it something that you need to learn more of? Is it something that we should have as a topic at the live event or maybe a webinar? Do let me know, Uh, just email me hey at marketed.live and we will do what you would like us to do. All right, so without further ado, let's uh, stop me waffling on about Brand Voice because, as you'll see, I don't really know a huge amount about it. Let's talk to the expert, Bethany Joy. Bethany Joy is a Brand Voice crafter and she helps passionate people with big ideas find the words they need to get got. She began her working life in charity communications more than a decade ago before moving on to a brand consultancy and then copywriting for a creative agency. But she now puts bread on the table, along with bacon, I might add, by helping organisations find a writing style and voice that truly shows the passion and personality of their business. She also shares her expertise and enthusiasm far and wide. She's a regular speaker at conferences and meetups across the UK and Europe uh, whenever we're allowed to travel, which who knows when that's going to be. Uh, Beth, welcome to Marketed Not Live.
1: Hi, nice to be here.
0: Um, Brand voice. Let's just get straight into this what is
1: it good question good question um yeah it's classic marketing isn't it it's like let's take a relatively simple concept and wrap some more complicated words around it and give it its own terms so no one's quite clear on what you're talking about um but yeah brand voice honestly at its simplest um it's really just thinking about how how we sound how um how our personalities come across when we communicate with people as an organization. So I think we all inherently understand that as human beings, we, we have a personality and when we speak to people, they get a sense of who we are and what we're like. That's how we get to know one another. Um, and just really recognizing that the same thing is true for organizations, that your, your brand, your organizational personality actually needs to come out in the way that you communicate with people. So developing that sound, developing that brand voice is really just saying, how can we be thoughtful about how we use language? How how we communicate about who we are and what we do.
0: So that suggests that every organisation has a brand voice. Would it be fair to say that sometimes brand voice is accidental?
1: Oh yeah, gosh. I, this is one of my biggest things I, I'm always saying to people that why brand voice is such a, a key area. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm biased. I think it's key, but I, I think it really is so significant because it's inescapable. Um, you know, there are so many areas of, of marketing and branding that are optional in the sense of, you know, you could choose to use social media or you could not, you could choose to use video marketing or you could not, but actually you can't choose not to have a brand voice. If you use words (laughs) to talk to potential customers, then you have a voice, you have a sound, you are are giving a sense of an organizational personality. Now you might be getting it wrong. (laughs) And believe me, I've worked with plenty of organizations that have never given any thought to their voice and they're actually coming across really differently. And they think they are, I, I worked once with a, a hospice of just, Oh, a lovely, lovely people, just fun and full of life and laughter, giving amazing end of life care to people. So, so brilliant, but you go on their on their website and it just, I mean, it sounded like it had been written by a sort of 1950s school matron. Like it was so cold and, and clinical and detached. And they, they had no idea really that they. If you went on their website and you didn't know them, they were giving out such a different impression, such a different picture of what they were like. And obviously not all businesses are quite that dramatically far from reality, but definitely definitely, brand voice is often accidental. Often people haven't really thought about it and they aren't aware that the, the picture they're painting for people with their language, whether it's on their website, blogs, social media, um, anything, they aren't aware that the picture they're painting is actually really different from the reality of how brilliant they are as a business.
0: Right. I suppose some of that is maybe down to if, say, and I don't, it's a tricky one, because I don't, I don't want to get into a discussion necessarily about uh, whether you should use a marketing department or professionals or not. But I mean, obviously, you should. Um, if you've got someone who has just, say, created their own website or just does their own social media, and they haven't got marketing experience, then maybe some of those initial marketing type of ideas aren't there in the first place and, and that there's some inconsistency or even that like you say the people whose skills are palliative care and um, yeah. you know yeah. driving the operation there aren't necessarily marketing people or aren't necessarily the people to do brand voice so so where, where's this where's the starting point for, for brand voice for any business how do we start off by thinking okay we need to make sure that because actually, the the example of of the hospice is a really good one. Because, as, as you say, you don't want it to be cold. It needs to be the opposite mm, of of, yeah. of cold. How exactly. do how do you start by going? Okay, right. What is our brand voice? Mm.
1: Um, well, I think, like you said, it, I don't want to get into a big discussion about the sort of marketing department professionals. I I know that's really complicated and it's very different for every organisation in terms of whether you can afford to have your, your own marketing team and, and copywriters or, or bring in freelancers or whatever. But I, I do think it's it's important to say, like everything, that of course, the more you can draw on on experts and people with experience in that particular area, the the more successful you're going to be. So there there are things I can say, oh, this is what you should look at. This is what you should um, think about. These are the questions you need to answer. And they, they are true. Even if you've got no experience in this and you've only got you and that's all you can manage and that's all you can afford, these things are still true. But like anything, it's always going to be better and, and easier and a, and a better end result if you can draw on people who've got experience in these areas for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but in terms of anyone, anywhere, just sort of, okay, oh, yikes. How do I get started with this? Um, I think. Uh, it sounds really, really obvious, but I, I always say the first step is really just trying to get the the lay of the land. Really, um, so given what we've just said about the fact that every organisation, whether they mean to or not, you know, does have a voice. Just taking the time to assess where you are now and try and and try and analyse the voice that you've got at the moment is a really important starting place because for so many of us, um, especially perhaps if you're a solo business owner and you don't have a lot of experience in in writing and marketing. The chances are you're you're you've never really looked at your communication in that way you've never quite slipped on an outsider's pair of ears and kind of gone oh actually if i didn't know me and i didn't know the business what if i read this tweet if i followed these guys on facebook if i read this blog if i looked at their website what would it make me think about about who they are as a business and and try and really analyze that language and and, and find some other people to help you maybe a couple of people who don't know your business at all, maybe some people who are familiar but are able to take that step back and just give you a bit of a bit of perspective um to just kind of gather up an idea of okay actually how am I how am I sounding at the moment? Um just to see how far you are from from where you want to be. Because it might be that even though it's accidental, you actually are sort of 80% of the way there. And you're like, Oh no, actually this is all right. I'm sounding. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this. I just need to make it slightly better. Or it may be that you have a bit of a hospice moment, you know, where like they, they were sort of horrified when we, they were like, Oh God, you're, you're right. We sound awful or oh, that's nothing like us, you know, but they just had never considered it from that perspective before. So definitely taking the time to, um, to just assess where your voice is now is a really place a good place to get started um and then I think the the next things that it's really important to think about um are I I sort of think of them as almost like two two ends of a, a bridge <laughs> if you like it's a bit cheesy but it, I think it's helpful visually um to think about who who you are as an organization and then to think really carefully about who it is you're trying to talk to your potential customers your target audience so really digging deep into as as a business, as an organization, what's, what's at the heart of who you are and how you operate? So not just literally what you do, but how you do what you do. What is your organizational personality? What are the passions and the values and the things that drive your business and the way you go about doing what you do and being who you are? Um, And then on the other side of that, who, who are these people that you're talking to? How can we understand them as much as possible? And not just the standard sort of target audience exercises, but really getting into actually how do they... How do they communicate? How do they use language? What kind of words do they use in relation to our products or services? Um, How do they talk about us and and what we do? And what kind of language is going to make sense to them and and entice them and and intrigue them? And what kind of language is going to confuse them or put them off? Um, And and what you're doing with that sort of (laughs) that bridge idea is thinking, actually, if you haven't got a really solid idea of who you are and who they are, then building that piece that connects the two is going to be really hard and ultimately that connection that helping people to see something of who you are and why you're brilliant and landing that with something that fits into their life and makes them go yep yeah, that's what I need they're who I need that connection piece is really what you're aiming for and that's why brand voice is so important um so those that's sort of a key starting point um I mean there's a couple of other sort of practical pieces after that I don't know if you want me to go into that or well I was just going to ask weird. you a question
0: actually just just on that because um just thinking about your audience, I'm, I'm minded to think about uh, various uh, studies or, or claims about things like reading age and um, mm-hmm. how you should position uh, your, your website uh, with a reading age of nine or, or, or whatever it is um, that some people have said. What's your view on that? Because it's, it's sort of, um, I, I guess what you're saying is, is that you need to match the language that you're using with the target audience. So if you were, for example, um, an organization for uh, the legal profession Mm -hmm. or the the medical profession, where the language of that profession is formal, structured, complex, Mm -hmm. are you saying that you should match your brand voice to To those things, so the language you should use should be reasonably complex. For you know, for, for, so for yes. example, I guess to match a sense of intelligence or uh-huh. um, yeah. professionalism.
1: Yeah, I think what's really important when you think about the the audience that you're speaking to is understanding who they are, how they speak, what they need to hear, and then balancing that with who you are and what you need to communicate. and And f- and basically finding finding a sort of balance point in the middle so you're not it's not about literally mirroring exactly how your audience talk because actually the legal profession is a really good example a lot of of legal businesses or just businesses in that more kind of jargon heavy more traditionally formal style of communicating a lot of them actually they really don't need to be quite so formal and quite so full of jargon and and often a lot of business speak kind of cliches a lot of that there just out of habit um it's kind of built up over time and actually often in those sectors people would really appreciate being spoken to in a slightly more straightforward slightly more easy to digest way so having the the boldness to kind of stand against what the what the trends are in that sector and kind of say do you know what actually we could probably be really effective if we were slightly different there's definitely something in that if that fits with with your brand um but yeah absolutely paying attention to what the relevant jargon, what the relevant subject specific language for that industry is, it's really important. I, I just um posted the other day, actually, it was been driving me nuts. that I feel like I see so much stuff, of people talking about kind of great, great writing, great marketing, great brand voice. And the key is just to sound human, you know, just sound human and get rid of all the jargon, just keep it really simple. And it just, oh, it really makes me so mad. <laughs> and I did a whole ranty post about it. Because I I find that way of thinking just incredibly simplistic and really actually unhelpful because um, what, first of all, sound more human. What does that even mean? There right. are like 8 billion humans on the planet and they all sound completely different. So that's a totally meaningless thing to say, but let's move on from that. But No, honestly, no, no, I quite like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really annoys I, me. I quite, no, I, I quite like people being people being annoyed. Uh, just I mean, I, I think that's a very valid point. There, there is this thing about um we're not b2b we're not b2c we're h2h or, or p2p which is you know so, yeah. uh, which is which is fine which is yes, fine because yeah. we we are it we are humans That's and true. it is it is yeah. it is true but it, it it's you know what you're saying is that it doesn't allow for nuance
1: yeah
0: and by i guess by understanding the target audience better and by asking them questions about what they want to see or hear you're able to craft a better human message would that be yes, fair
1: exactly no that's completely that's completely right um and because of course yeah we talk, of course we're, we're human we're talking to human be much more real in our language absolutely but you're you're completely right that it's about figuring out okay but which set of humans are we particularly talking to and what's their context and what's going to best engage with them and, and what i'm particularly finding frustrating about a lot of that is that it is the two parts of that it's the be more human be more human and that somehow being more human means look, don't lose don't use jargon let's get rid of all our jargon let's just keep things really simple and actually i i that is one of my kind of bugbears that i think there is a real misunderstanding about about jargon that actually jargon or, or subject specific language it really has a place a vital place the whole point of jargon is that it is key words that are designed to act as shortcuts so that you don't have to explain a whole thing and use a whole phrase. It's it's designed for two people or two sets of people who both have um, expertise or specialist knowledge in an area to be able to communicate quickly and clearly with one another. And it's a way of signaling that you have expertise and you expect them to have the same expertise. So it, it can be hugely effective in engaging people because it shows them that you know what you're talking about, that. Um, helps them trust you and and think yep okay these guys get it and and it also shows that you have trust in them that you expect them to have a certain level of intelligence and knowledge it shows both who you are and who your products or services are for so jargon absolutely has a place and it just completely depends on what your business is what sector you're in who you're talking to so um i I worked recently with a big um, financial services company and yeah it was they were a perfect example actually of there was loads of elements of their language that were really unnecessarily formal um and it wasn't actually jargon it was just either business speak or just really, really formal language um, that has kind of crept in because they felt like, oh, we need to use this to sound intelligent. And so we spent a lot of time working out just how can we use more straightforward language in the kind of everyday sentences and just make this easier going for people. You know, we're talking to busy financial advisors, that's their audience, who have got very little time on their hands and are actually kind of sick of reading document after document after document. So let's make it it simpler, let's make it easier. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, here's a whole bunch of, of terms and jargon that we absolutely need to keep in because we need these financial advisors to see that we know our shit that we know what we're talking about and so they were almost like well we need to have these words in or else they're going to think actually these guys aren't for us they're they're more like at the monzo end of the spectrum you know dealing with people who don't have an understanding of, of financial terms and and that's a completely different voice and a completely different audience so yeah, so absolutely you have to take your audience into account and that is just going to look really different depending on your sector depending on your audience. So definitely this whole idea of just sound more human and don't <laughs> use jargon. No. <laughs> Are there
0: any differences between uh generations in terms of um language that appeals to certain certain categories i mean i say generation of course you know generations don't like just happen and then the next one happens they are they are (laughs) continual yeah but just this idea of boomers gen x gen z millennials are you seeing any kind of variance in terms of the type of language that they that they want to see or want to hear from a brand
1: um yeah definitely i mean in some ways that's a huge question it's it really depends on on the different audiences, different sectors, it's hard to give too many specifics. But yes, definitely, there are differences. Just as a side note, I just read somewhere the other day that apparently, um, whatever the youngest generation you know, people in their sort of early 20s, apparently, they don't like full stops in communication now, they, they find them really aggressive. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, my copywriter heart is like, oh, what? But how do you distinguish between sentences? I don't get it. Right. But we'll just, we'll move on from that. That may little bit <laughs> true, but I just read that somewhere and had a moment well, of horror. I read somewhere um,
0: that, that um, millennials and younger don't like using the doorbell. Oh. So, and I did ask my team, who are technically in those categories, and they were like, no, we just text and say, I'm outside. So, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's what's interesting, I suppose, because different, uh, you know, everyone has different ways of uh, living, <laughs> I guess. Um, so, sorry, I, I sort of interrupted your flow in terms yes, of the yes. process yes. you were talking about. So, so what's, what's next?
1: Um, well, so, yeah, so we you've got that kind of start of understanding where you are now, getting the lay of the land, having a look at those two sides of that connecting piece. So who are we, who are they? um and then really the 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 biggest bit of work and and in reality definitely the area where the help of an outside person the help of someone with expertise is the most useful certainly this piece is the bit why why i have a job ultimately um is is bringing those pieces together and then actually making some decisions really practical um quite detailed decisions about what that stuff is going to mean for your language so Taking that and saying, okay, if if the if this is the heart of who we are as as an organization, then it's really important that we communicate some of those key traits. So it's really important that people see us as uh, knowledgeable or or uh, trustworthy or um, playful or quirky or really creative or slightly edgy or a bit sarcastic or wh- whatever the thing is for your business. Really sort of nailing down those key personality traits and saying given who we're talking to it's really important that they see these things as soon as they come across any of our communications so how are we actually going to do that how are we going to get that across what what does that actually mean for the language that we need to use so really drilling down into you know, what does this mean for the length of our sentences generally, what does this mean for what kind of verbs and adjectives we need to use or stay away from, what does it mean for what kind of emojis we use or do we use any emojis at all and you know really getting into the the detail of language and saying what kind of words do we need to go for what kind of words or language might we need to avoid. Um, how do we put those together? Just basically coming up with a set of, of I don't like to use the word rules, but a, a set of guidelines really for this is the kind of thing we need to do more of this. We need to do less of um, this in this context, this in that context and just really make some some detailed decisions about language and and then actually taking the time to really pull that together um, into a really clear um a really clear guide brand guide so many um, organizations have kind of basic brand guidelines in terms of the visual stuff so you know this is our logo these are our colors these this is the type of image we use don't stretch the logo here's our font all that kind of stuff which is great and really useful um but actually adding to that and saying okay here's how we communicate our brand visually but now here's how we communicate our brand through our language and and laying out that with sort of examples and do's and don'ts and and all kinds of things like that and actually it's, it's really fascinating this is a, a side note but um this kind of nerdy stuff really uh intrigues me that i i read a couple of months ago i read a really interesting study which was looking at um the impact of of brand guidelines formal brand guidelines on a company And on actually, what kind of impact did it have on their bottom line? Um, And it was really fascinating. It shows that I'm such a nerd, but I love Uh this kind of thing, that basically the study showed that when when a company had a set of formal brand guidelines, um, and that they were properly enforced, That that company was demonstrably more than twice as likely to be able to consistently present their brand to the world compared to businesses that didn't have any guidelines so guidelines actually really made a tangible difference to how consistently they presented themselves and. Following on from that, they discovered that those businesses who had a consistently presented brand were between three and four times more likely to have really, really good brand visibility. So, uh, you know, more people seeing them and more people recognising them. And those businesses were reporting an average um, increase in their revenue of 23%. And so, wow. to me, that was just a really amazing, like, link of people just think things like brand guidelines are so boring, but there, here's actual tangible proof. It was quite a big study that that having gun gloves can actually make you money (laughs) a business like it's that important that understanding throughout your organization of what your brand is and how to communicate it actually really has a, a literal money impact and i was just like oh i love this this is amazing i find that very fascinating
0: well it's good roi everyone likes an roi and so and more importantly so does uh so does the board so um so that's good and what
1: i know so if that if you need if you need to convince them of why brand voice is so important just that's those are your numbers there's the stats okay
0: <laughs> i might i might ask for a link to that study so we can maybe put it in the show notes um yeah, yeah. what type of brands are doing it really well in your opinion
1: well that's interesting oh there's lots of lots of good ones at the moment um well, so one of the brands I'm, I mentioned earlier, I think, was Monzo, a newish, a kind of sure. uh, challenger mm-hmm. banking brand, um, and they they've got the perfect setting. Really, they're coming into an industry that is traditionally very heavy going in terms of language, usually quite formal, very kind of tending to keep things on the safe side. So there's a lot of words and a lot of language, and it's very tends to be very complex and full of. Um, potentially confusing financial jargon whereas they have really clearly identified a target audience of um, particularly younger people and just people who want to get their money sorted but don't have a really um, strong financial understanding and so their language is very straightforward very clear they've I think rightly they've stayed away from being sort of particularly quirky or funny but they're just really clear really straightforward very human much warmer than other financial institutions and they have they use appropriate jargon but actually they don't use very much financial jargon they really break things down and things so i i think they're doing a, a great job and well and they seem to be growing they're proving popular um and I another couple of voices actually that I'm really loving at the moment. It's very um specific, but uh there's quite a lot of really interesting new brands in um in the period product space. So sort of tampons and things like that. And they I, I'm finding them really fascinating. Um I think I posted a while ago about with some examples of a, of a couple of them. because um, they're just there's they've got quite different personalities, a lot of the the leading ones, but um they're just really they seem to have really zeroed in on on exactly who they're talking to and are just writing so perfectly to capture them so actually for my my two favorites are um flow and i think they're, they're on it's o-h-n-e i don't actually know how to pronounce it
0: okay so i am not up to speed on sanitary products i'm afraid beth so can you can you kind of explain what to me and maybe some male listeners uh or people who aren't uh, familiar with the, the product what <laughs> what the brand is and what it what it does
1: yeah so um also both flow and on are um they're mainly uh tampon subscription um so i think they offer some other i don't know like um with cramp oil and things like that but mostly it's tampons and like a lot of uh startups at the moment they've cottoned on to the fact that a subscription service so bringing things right to your door is good um so both of them focus on that and um it, yeah, it's just really fascinating because they in lots of ways they they don't particularly appeal either of them to to me in fact i one of them i actually find kind of irritating but but i love that because what it shows me is that they have really zeroed in on on their target audience they've got a really clear idea of who they're talking to and who they're trying to appeal to and they've just they're really speaking to them and they don't actually care if they're annoying anybody else because actually it doesn't matter we're not their target audience so so flow is um is much more They've aimed at a slightly younger audience i think kind of late teens and university age like their their um, tampons come in like a little ice cream tub you know it's all very fun and friendly and bright colors and the language is very warm and supportive and kind of like that girlfriend in the toilet next to you who chucks you a tampon over the the top of the toilet door because you've forgotten yours and it's all very supportive and we're here with you and you know this subscription means that you'll never have to have one of those oops my period's here already moments you know just very very casual very friendly and very warm language Um, and then on is is very different actually and they've aimed at a slightly older audience and their their tone is actually much more edgy or almost aggressive not aggressive at their target audience but aggressive in the sense of um very anti-establishment anti-patriarchy you know we're loud and proud about periods we are not going to be bound by the the fact that it's sort of seen as a taboo we're breaking out of that if you go on their website in their kind of opening paragraph they're talking about about bleeding and vagina and it's very the language is very um bold Well, the name of
0: the product is is you know it's it's like on you know that i mean it's a great it's actually a great brand name yeah for the for the product
1: I, I, I love them really. I think they're so fascinating. Like I said, not because they particularly appeal to me, but just because the mark of a great brand voice often is one that is just prepared to be really brave, to yeah, be really clear, about, yeah, really clear about who you're talking to and who you're not talking to, not try and be all things to all people, but just really clearly be like, this is who we are, this is who we're talking to. So as long as we make that connection actually screw everyone else, it really doesn't matter. And that's gonna sound different, obviously depending on your sector, depending on your product, depending on your service, but that, that focus, that ability to say that 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 connection is what matters everything else is just noise that is often the mark of a really great brand voice
0: it's it's really confident as well which which i like it feels very zeitgeist that as well <laughs> yeah. give, give, given where we are with things like period poverty mm, and yeah. campaigns around that okay they are really good examples beth i really love those examples um and i'm going to tell someone because i know someone that works at monzo marketing so um, <laughs> okay. so I'm going to tell them what you, you said. I'm raving yeah. about them <laughs> well I mean they should be listening really but you know uh, <laughs>
1: just just, so. just to
0: prompt them for the, for the download um, okay so if there was one thing that a business needs to do right now in terms of looking at their brand voice what would be that one thing?
1: oh gosh one thing right now um, do you mean like one thing they should do.
0: Yeah, one thing. One thing that they should do, if they're thinking, I'm not sure what my brand voice is, or I want to reevaluate my brand voice. What What is it that they should do? It can be the thing that they start with, or it could. Yeah, you am know. I
1: allowed to say call Beth? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, that is a good question. Um, I think it's just that uh, probably my instinct would be just a reiteration of just that that seeing seeing where you are right now thing because i think it's really powerful just to have an understanding of where of where they are so that the just knowing is your brand voice miles away from where you want it to be or actually are you doing okay and it just needs a a few tweaks i think you can't really do anything else until you've got that clear sense of where you are right now but is that too is that just a repetition of
0: no that's that that's fine i think maybe maybe we can look at a different a different way we could say um, uh, if there was what you know what is what is the I don't know what is the biggest action that, that they can that they can take or or maybe maybe if they okay here's a here's a question if a company is not working with a consultant such as yourself hmm. and they maybe have a marketing team that are more generalist and that's you know that don't, don't uh really work deeply into things like brand voice is there a thing that they can do to start that process
1: um yeah i mean yes they c- they can try and do all those things i laid out they can just try and do those on on their own um and the the key probably is like with everything is just to try and Find as many resources to help them with that as possible. So things like you just googling stuff around brand voice, reading blogs, reading articles, the free resource that I've got, they can download that. they can listen to podcasts like this. they can you know it's resourcing yourself if you can't afford to bring in the expertise from outside. it's it's just reading as much as possible mm-hmm. to try and resource themselves. but that doesn't sound very interesting.
0: Is there a particular resource or a place that people can go to? to learn about this right from the beginning it can it can be your own uh, resource if if that's the best place I don't mind you're our guest
1: <laughs> yeah it's a bit cheeky if I'm like yeah just cut my stuff look at my resources um, but yeah to be <laughs> to be honest um I I do think so I've got a um, a resource that I usually point people towards which is um lengthily titled five and a half steps to becoming irresistible to potential customers by talking to them in a way that connects so really it's a a guide a step-by-step guide to finding your brand voice and it is it really aimed at um teams who maybe don't have that kind of specialist support or either from a, a freelancer or a consultant like me or from a, an in-house marketing team. It's basically got got various questions and, and tools in it to kind of say, right, if you're on your own, here's how you get started and sort of talk you through it. It's basically a week long series of emails um, that gives them Give them the information and the ideas that they need um, and so you can find that um on my website which is bethanyjoy.org forward slash be irresistible um, and that will take you straight to the resource and you just sign up and you'll get the emails um, and that's that's probably a great place to to start but honestly i know it's really vague but i i do often find that even just sitting down now and if you google brand voice how to find your brand voice there's actually loads of really interesting articles and blogs and sometimes it's really useful just to read a couple of things from different sources to see everyone has a slightly different take on it people have slightly different ideas about how to do the process i mean i think broadly the process that i've described is you know, it's a fairly standard those are the kind of key questions you need to to answer but just reading different people's approaches to it and um another uh, group i'd recommend probably velocity partners so doug kessler he's an amazing um, mm-hmm. brand voice guy amongst other things and so reading his stuff is always really fascinating he's probably slightly at the uh, more um advanced kind of end better for slightly bigger companies but again just really interesting to read and and get a sense of of how people are tackling this and then bring that back to how it applies to your own stuff
0: i think yeah i think that he's he's a great example actually and he is uh, accessible. Actually, Doug Kessler, whenever I go to a conference in the States <laughs> and uh, they say, where are you from? And I say, you know, England or whatever. I often get for saying, do you know Doug Kessler? I was like, he's not the only person in marketing in the UK that people would know about. <laughs> but he, he makes a big impression on people. So I think he is a good... Yeah, no,
1: he's, he's amazing. Yeah,
0: he's a good resource. Okay, so I think what we'll, we will put um, links there in the show notes so that people can just access that directly um, and I think if they, if they come to you, I think that's, that's, that's all good because you're our guest and, and why not. <laughs> um, Bethany, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on Brand Voice. It is a topic that I think some organisations maybe shy away from or feel nervous about tackling um, but it, it sounds as though confidence in, in starting that, that process is where people um, need to start with. So thank you so much for being our guest um what is your website name gives let's give a shout out to your website where people can find Um, out that information about you
1: so just bethanyjoy.org um or you can find me on linkedin i'm not on on too many of the other social media channels um but linkedin is where i you know if you want to hear some more of my rants more things that annoy me (laughs) then (laughs) linkedin is definitely the place to go
0: great thanks very much bethany Well, that's it for another episode. Uh, that was a great session there with Beth. I really learned quite a lot and I found the examples really inspiring, really, because I can I mean, I don't know anything about um, period products, to be honest, but I can see how brand voice is super important for something like that. And, and the differences I thought were really good examples there. So thank you to Beth. Uh, for coming on and sharing her knowledge let us know what you think to that interview tweet us at marketed live or send us an email at hey at marketed.live don't forget to check out details of all the events and activities that we have got going on do it on our website marketed.live and if you fancy it and i won't put you under too much pressure but it would be super helpful if you did tell your friends about what we're up to share what we're doing with the marketing world we want to spread this as far as wide as possible otherwise i'll see you on the next episode. Until then thank you for listening. Our producer as always is Charlie Thacker. This is a Lightmind Media production for Marketed Live.
1: You've been listening to the Marketed Not Live podcast. Want to go even deeper? Then book your ticket to one of our events where you'll learn more about specific ideas, strategies and practical ways to improve the results you get from your marketing activity. Visit marketed.live for what's on and how to book.